Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 1371. Today, we're talking about another part of the three-part finale to Act 2 of The Last Jedi, and we're talking about a lot of slapsticky stuff that didn't make it to the screen with the scenes involving Rose and Finn and BB-8 on their quest to turn off the hyperspace tracking device on the Supremacy. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Razor. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So we're continuing our series of deep dives into the last Jedi novelization, and today is part two of the three-part <laughs> finale to act two of The Last Jedi of the movie itself and also the novelization by Jason Fry and the narration by Mark Thompson for the audiobook version. So there are a few things that were rather funny that didn't make it onto the big screen and I kind of wish they had because I think it would have made for some really amazing stuff. I mean there's one thing that definitely could not have gone onto the screen and that has to do with the fact that Rose is swearing a lot <laughs> apparently. There's a scene earlier in the novel where they're on Canto Bite and she's yelling at various people on the street that might be running them over because they're too busy going where they want to go and doing what they want to do. And the novel makes a note of her swearing in uh, very proficient ways and Finn is rather surprised, shocked, impressed, whatever. Well, this time when they are brought into that giant landing bay by a Phasma and company and they're, you know, there with Hux and all that, there's one point where Rose starts swearing and using words that I think, let me see, yeah, it's <laughs> that she would make an Automach Stevedore blush, all right? So Stevedore is like a longshoreman kind of guy, so, or gal, you know, it doesn't have to be a guy, but, you know, <laughs> longshoremen are generally well known for having a prolific and serious vocabulary of swearing so <laughs> something like that could not have made it on the screen for the last jedi of course but it's really rather funny how rose is turned into a foul mouth swearing kind of technician as opposed to the hopeful optimistic idealistic kind of person that we saw her as in the last jedi not to say that she doesn't still retain that optimism but <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a different angle on it in the novelization. And not only that, but she actually bites Hux. <laughs> she gets her teeth into the meat of his palm, like just, ah, and nails him. And he's like, ah, and ends up leaving the whole scene because he's nursing his wounded hand that has teeth marks in it and everything. And so he's like, all right, I'm not going to bother being here for the execution because I'm too busy whimpering over my hand, which <laughs> if Finn is to be believed, or at least if his inner monologue is to be believed, then when Hux slapped Finn, Finn was actually expecting to get more from Hux beyond that one slap, but the fact that he didn't do more made Finn think that 
Hux had heard his hand slapping Finn. So it was a real like, ah, kind of situation. I thought that was very funny. I mean, think of it already. Like three things that we didn't get to see in the movie, but were in the novelization. Rose cursing and swearing. Rose biting General Hux and Hux injuring his hand while slapping Finn. I mean, I think this is fantastic stuff. And you can see why Hux is upset about this whole situation anyway, because he actually believes Finn to be one of the primary reasons why Starkiller Base was lost, because of his defection and the information that he was able to share with the Resistance. So yeah, Hux has it in for Finn just as badly as Phasma does. And there's a comment in there from... I guess the point of view of the stormtrooper body at large that says, you know, rumor had had it that Phasma once upon a time was the divine queen of a brutal and savage land. Well, I don't know about divine queen, but there was certainly something along those lines, I guess, in the novel Phasma by Delilah Dawson. She was definitely on a brutal and savage world and she certainly took charge of the situation, but yeah, Queen, not so much, but, you know, that's, you know, small matters, basically. And Phasma, too, is more than happy to have Finn back in her grasp, not just because of his defection and his betrayal and whatnot, but also because he's the only one left who knows that Phasma is the one who lowered the shields on Starkiller Base, and so killing him is a huge priority for her. Why she didn't just shoot him dead right when she walked in on him at the hyperspace tracking room? I mean, yeah, that seems rather silly to me, but... I guess she likes her pomp and circumstance within the whole First Order frame. Otherwise, had she been back on Parnassus, which was her home world, she probably wouldn't have hesitated to just shoot him on the spot. So maybe, just maybe, she's getting a little soft or she's getting a little bit careless in her time with the First Order. Yeah, she would have been a lot more brutal and a lot quicker about that brutality if she had been back home on sweet, sweet Parnassos when it wasn't sweet at all, okay? And for Finn's part, you know, he just wanted to save Ray, and then he just wanted to run away, but this whole experience with DJ has turned his head around, and now he is at the point where he absolutely wants to fight with the Resistance, even if it means that he's going to die within a day or two. Just He has just come to the realization that there's no way he can live like DJ lives, like without any sort of commitment to anyone. Not, you know, about the, <laughs> the crime and all that fun stuff or anything like that. No, just the amorality of the whole situation that he has to absolutely commit to the side of the good guys so there is a great learning lesson for Finn in that regard and it's beautifully expressed by Jason Fry in the novel and I think that it does a lot to explain his behavior on Crate later on when he decides to go on that suicide run up the mouth of that miniature Death Star cannon and speaking of explaining a lot for another segue here. So one of the cool things about the novelization is that it affords the writer the opportunity to think about things that may have occurred in the movie viewers' brains and yet they didn't have the answers for. So particularly in this case, the situation is what happened to BB-8, right? Because we know Rose and DJ and Finn got arrested, but we never saw BB-8 with them. So what exactly happened? Well, BB-8 is actually convinced that 
people just don't care about droids that they literally do not exist because once the good guys plus DJ were arrested by the stormtroopers and by Phasma and the ISB guy and the BB-9E droid, everybody just left. Like they didn't even bother checking that trash can going, hmm, why is this trash can here or anything like that? So he just sat there and then eventually decided that he was going to try to disable the hyperspace tracking thing, which was a really funny idea, but then realized, no, he's not going to be able to do it. So he then had to figure out how to get the trash can back over his head so he could continue sneaking around on the supremacy. So again, another bit of slapstick where, you know, giant trash can on, giant trash can off, giant trash can back on again. And he does say how awkward it was for him to try to get that trash can back over him. But hey, more power to him. He was able to do it. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we've got another patron shout out coming at you. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, want a free copy of The Last Jedi in 4K UHD HDR with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision? It's the highest quality you can possibly watch The Last Jedi at, courtesy of Voodoo. And starting Friday, March 16th, I'm giving away those 10 to the first 10 people who become patrons of the podcast at the $5.01 level or higher. And if you join at the 1138 level or higher, I'll throw in a free copy of The Force Awakens Trivia Book 2. Go to patreon.com SW7X7 to support the show and get your free copy of The Last Jedi. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So today's podcast shout-out, the patron shout-out, goes to somebody who is the most recent patron of the podcast, and that's a gentleman named Tony Comstock, who's been listening for a couple of years to the podcast and was finally able to make the leap and is a member at the $3.27 level right now, which is always good fun. And it's funny to be thinking about 327 right now because that, of course, is a number that has a lot of significance throughout the Star Wars saga. There are a myriad of mentions of 327. Well, there's another less heralded number that exists out there and is, I would say, no less important in its way and is possibly a little bit more weighty in terms of what it is. And so I'm actually going to talk about the that number this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, not sure. But I can tell you whatever is happening on the other day is the interview with Jason Fry. I did record a conversation with him earlier this week, and so you'll get to hear that this weekend as well. And so folks like Tony and everybody else who is a patron of the podcast make this podcast possible. So Tony, thank you so much for helping to bring Star Wars daily to everybody that gets to listen to this podcast. You're helping bring a daily dose of Star Wars joy. And I, for one, am grateful for that too. So thank you, Tony. And it just remains for me to say... Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the podcast, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7, and hey, before you get separated from your master in a lightsaber duel, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not Darth Maul sliced in half, it's Destiny Unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.